When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday night football, the 4-3 Dallas Cowboys come to East Rutherford, New Jersey to take on the 2-6 New York football Giants. What do we got to lose? Let's go out. Let's fucking win this thing. Why not? This is the Bleeding Blue pregame show. Hey! Ho! Hey there, David. Hey, bud. How you doing? How you doing, Justin? How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I saw the movie Joker um last night. I'm a little behind, a little behind the eight ball, but I'm sitting in the movie theater, and you know, I'm I'm watching it. And this song plays as, you know, I think this is one of the songs that plays when he's going down the steps and he's air humping the, he's dry humping, air humping the uh, air spoilers, as he's walking. Spoilers. Oh, I'm, well, uh, well okay. it's in the trailer. If, it's in the trailer. Somebody in, well, see, here's the thing actually about trailers. We're going to interrupt you really quick. I make it a point to never watch trailers. It's very difficult to do. Why? Because they're everywhere. Trailers for popular Just, movies are everywhere. Avoid them. It, it's not. It's actually not that hard. Take it from some, from someone who does it. I have yet to see a single trailer for the Joker, and I still want to go see it. So if a man is dry humping the air, I need to stay away from that because I need to enjoy that in its full glory the first time I see it. So now I know. Anytime the Joker is near stairs, he's going to start air humping, and I'm and I. You've now taken that from me. I I apologize, but that okay. movie was being played in the movie theater. And basically, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, that's a perfect song for the Bleeding Blue pregame show. Yeah. Yeah, that or like the Barbie theme song, because that's essentially how they've played. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. But really, I couldn't think of anything to really get us pumped up besides, eh, why not? Let's win. And besides a, besides a song that just goes, eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> what, have, what have we got to lose? Or the yeah. screaming goat. The screaming goat. <laughs> <laughs> Just play that as our intro. All right, welcome to the Bleeding Blue pregame show. All right, yeah, but uh, David, this is what I kind of want to start off with. So we're we're in an interesting place. This football team is in an interesting place where it's become the season that we didn't really want it to become. We're in kind of a similar spot to last year, but ultimately you have to feel good about where this team is at because of the fact that you feel like you have an answer at quarterback. Like that's that's what you have to feel good about, and that's the tangible hope that you're holding on to. 
along with there being, you know, so many, you know, first and second year players that are playing well for you. And those are ultimately very good signs. But realistically, at least for this football game, Dallas is coming off of their bye week. They're getting healthier in a lot of regards, especially in the offensive side of the ball. They're inconsistent. But what do you realistically expect this Monday night? I think Sterling Shepard said it best. He was asked, um, I think at his locker, he was asked, you know, how important is it to have you coming back into the lineup and being at, you know, full strength finally offensively. And he said, we look great on paper, but we have to go out and execute. It's about execution. This look, you know, and I completely agree. This team looks offensively, especially looks great offensively. There's no reason why this team cannot consistently be putting up 25 plus points. And I think you got a glimpse of that last week in Detroit. At times, the offense really moved the ball without much, um, without much hassle. And that's even with another poor, poor game from your left tackle. Um, and I think there were, there were some plays left on the field, but all that being said, if I look at it from an offensive standpoint, you should be able to put up points. This is a very different team than, than we, than Dallas played in week one. Everyone, everyone obviously points to the difference between having Eli versus Daniel Jones, but don't forget Darius Slayton wasn't available in week one. Golden Tate. Yeah. Or Golden Tate. Exactly. I forgot Golden Tate. So, so the two guys who accounted for essentially all of your offensive production last week didn't eat, were not were not dressed uh, in week one. So I think that's important. If you look at the defensive side of the ball, you know we know how much of a supporter of this defense I am. I don't think you. I don't think you just stop Dallas. I think they're going to score. They're going to put up points. Um, but I think the Giants' offense should be able to hang with any offense in the NFL. So if you if if what is my 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 legitimate thought like my feeling walking into the game it's I think any week this is a team that could surprise you. Unfortunately, this is also a team that anytime they win the game I'm surprised. So I've moved past that feeling I had when they played um, Arizona when they played uh, even Detroit last week. I've I've officially graduated from that point where I was kind of saying this this team's they're going to win. They they're going to win. They have every reason to win this game. I'm not saying that at this point. But if they show out Monday night, I'm not surprised in the slightest because this team is capable of that. And also you're talking about a Dallas team that just a few weeks ago played terrible terrible football at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. So this Dallas team is very inconsistent. But then they turned around and they they turned around and they absolutely put it to the Eagles. Correct. So Correct. yeah, like you said, this this team is a, this team is a is a complete enigma, and they have been for so long. This you know this is, this is how it goes for 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 the Cowboys. They're essentially the Giants. Just the Giants find themselves in a lot more of the losing end of those 50-50 games. They win. They win a lot of close games. They win a lot of games that that maybe they didn't play well enough to win, but they make enough plays down the stretch, and their defense is is often very very good. But they're good for they're good for an absolute stinker now and again. And you know, if the Giants catch them on a day where they're not at the, they're not at their absolute best, and the Giants play some of their best football, they, I think, not only win but they win handily. Michael Bennett will be making his Cowboy debut, uh, most um, probably lining up against Nate Solder. 
I'm so finished and done with, with Nate Solder and, and because at this point it doesn't matter who lines up and you know, who lines up across from him. You don't feel good about it. So whether it's Michael Bennett, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Khalil Mack, JJ Watt, Trey Flowers, I don't care. It, he's going to give up sacks. So I don't really care at this point who it is. Why do I, why do I get the feeling that it's, it's just right for a guy like Michael Bennett to be in Dallas? You know, there's some guys in the NFL where if they go to other teams, it's like, oh, I can't see X player in this uniform. Yes. Why do I have a feeling that I could just see Michael Bennett in a Dallas Cowboy uniform? Well, because he has been in an Eagles uniform. And anybody I see in an Eagles uniform, I can see in a Cowboys uniform. That's true. Because they're essentially they're they're essentially the same they're the same level of just like sludge and like sewage. So like if the jersey fits on one side, it will fit on the other because yeah. they're essentially the same garbage. All right, over under. Giants allow three plays of thirty yards or more on the defensive side of the ball. Um, or are you going to oh, take three? I'll go over. You'll go over? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot. lot of yards in three plays. <laughs> that's a ton. So you're saying so you're saying at least four plays will have 120 total yards. He lifts more because really, like David, like the the huge thing about this Giants defense is. They, they allow a lot of big plays, David. They allow a lot of big plays. We've talked about the speed of this Giants defense. There is no speed. You know, Antoine Bethea, we th- you know, we, we're coming into this year saying that he's a pro's pro, and he's so consistent. And we've asked him to be the single high safety, not being the guy who's versatile, who can also play in the box, because really that's Michael Thomas, who's the technically the team's starting strong safety, while Jabril Peppers is really playing the box as the money backer role. And that's been Peppers' role. That's been their established roles. So Bethea has been exposed. Where I feel like late in the latter end of his career, he is a much better in-the-box safety where he's tackling and he's moving within that space rather than defending deep down the field. Well, the problem is, I completely agree with you, but the problem is when when the secondary then has two essentially box safeties who are better at playing in the box than they are at coverage, that's an issue. Right, and then you also have Jenkins and Baker, who, I, you know, Jenkins is pretty fast, but Baker is not known for his straight line speed. No. Grant Haley can't cover anything. He has terrible ball skills, and he falls behind guys constantly. If you're falling behind Danny Amendola, you know, <laughs> and you're getting you're allowed five yards of separation of Danny Amendola, I mean, just imagine what Randall Cobb and Amari Cooper, who will probably maybe be alternating throughout the slot. I would say Randall Cobb will probably be more of the slot receiver more than anybody. You know, based on um, one, Randall Cobb played the slot, torched the Giants in the slot. Yeah, yeah. Rand, Rand, and Randall Cobb's had a history of that going back to 2016. I, I will never forget 2016, uh, the divisional playoffs. Giants defense was playing that Packers defense so well, uh, at least in the first quarter, first half. And then Dominique Rogers cromartie gets hurt. And why do I Tevin Wade? Tevin Wade comes in the slot corner and and Randall Cobb just shits on him. And then they lost the game. Tevin Wade, who I actually think also conveniently wore number 34. And Tevin Wade was like one Maybe. of those players. Very similar. Don't quote me on that though. But I, I think I he think. was 30. I think he was 31. Okay. 
Okay. We also could both be wrong. But it's actually kind of crazy how similar Grant Haley and Tevin Wade are as like ball players, where at some points they're both like, oh yeah, these are like underrated good players. But then once they actually start playing on a very consistent level, and once you actually know their names, you're like, oh, they're not such good ball players. But I think Grant Haley is a much better football player than Tevin Wade because of his ability in the run. Good call on Tevin Wade's number, by the way. He was 31. He was 31. Yeah. I was right. Good call. Wow. Good for me. Good for me. I'm very... Wait, hold on. I have a, I have a good sound bite. I'm the best. There we go. <laughs> I'm the best. So... Really, I David, I really don't know how long the this pregame show is because I really don't have much to say. Because well, let me let me let me pose a question to you, Justin. Yeah, all right, pose a question to me. Let me pose you pose a question. So, so we're talking about the Giants' secondary, um, and I think when you look at uh, when you look at Dallas and you you try to figure out how you're going to stop them. As backwards as this seems, my number one priority is not Zeke. My number one priority is is addressing the slot and addressing the fact that they've got three guys who can consistently beat you in Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. So the only the only glimmer of hope um, going into Monday is you do get Corey Ballantine back. What impact, if any, do you think that has on the Giants' secondary? Nothing. Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately tend to agree, but I'm just curious. You, you, He's going to return kicks. You are getting one of your guys back, and I, I can't imagine that James Betcher is just going to continue to allow the def- the secondary to get torched this way. He, at, I, at some point... You have to imagine if he's got an able body who he trusts on the sideline, he's going to get in the game. But the fact that they're not in the game, especially, I mean, I would say, you know, kind of forget Ballantyne. Because, again, Ballantyne does, is not a slot cornerback. You, as a football fan, I cannot tell you how many times, I've, I've said this a few times on the podcast before, but really, if you're listening to this, get this in your brain. Slot cornerback is and the nickel cornerback is almost entirely a different position than playing as an outside cornerback. Do not just think that because somebody plays outside cornerback that they can play slot and nickel cornerback. It, they it that's not how it works. I mean if they want to try it and if it works, great. But if it if it wasn't happening in training camp, which it wasn't, if it wasn't happening in preseason, which it wasn't, and if Ballantyne hasn't didn't really do it during college, which he didn't, they're not just gonna throw him out there. So the fact that especially we haven't seen Julian Love, because that's basically the backup slot cornerback on this team. If anything were to happen, Grant Haley health wise, Julian Love would be the guy to slide in. You would think. Now imagine this, David. Imagine um, Grant Haley gets hurt and they have to put Jenkins in at slot cornerback because they are so not confident in Julian Love and that Ballantyne plays outside. Right, right. Which that's a that's such – and the whole point of me saying this kind of like hypothetical is that – and the whole point of us bringing up Ballantyne and Love and the fact that they haven't seen the field is because if the coaches aren't confident in these players – then they're not going to see the field yet. You know, it's interesting. I, I agree with you. I, and I, I only bring up Ballantine because you know that you know he's going to come up. You, you know that when in, in Dallas, Twitter, you're when talking Dallas about in goes Twitter. for their third, their third drive of 85 yards, 
and Grant Haley continues to get torched, you know Twitter is going to start calling for for Ballantine. And I and I and I, I when I posed that question, I knew your exact answer. I knew exactly what you were going to say. It just makes no sense. But but this is something that you know this is going to get brought up. And I think it's interesting with the Leonard Williams move. We, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about what the Giants need, and and yeah, you just dismissed you just dismissed the running game for Dallas, and I think are you doing that because you're that confident in this front seven with Leonard Williams? No, actually, I wasn't even that. That's not even so much what I was thinking. I don't think Dallas can't run the ball. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying if I'm looking at the Cowboys' offense, my number one concern, knowing the Giants' defense, my number one concern is their inability to cover the middle of the field. Don't get me wrong, Zeke is worrisome, and and their offensive line is worrisome. But if I'm if I'm Betcher, I I think my number one concern is trying to figure out how to how to slow down a team that uses the middle of the field very well. Considering my defense cannot cover the middle of the field, but it's interesting. Back to my point, it's interesting. We we've had a lot of conversation this week. Up <coughs> oh, coughing fit. <coughs> I don't no holds bad he was he took me in the low post and won but I think we had on the varsity okay I'm good I love that that's one of my favorite moments of an episode if you ever start coughing or sneezing I'll just go on a whole spamming of this of the soundboard and the sound bites I'm, I'm glad I can I can provide that those moments for you okay um do you remember where yeah, you were yeah okay great there were a lot of we've gotten to a lot of conversation about what the Giants need and, and looking ahead to the draft and, and guys they should be targeting and back and forth. And you had mentioned, um, I think before we went on, that they they need more receiver help than I think we realize. I hate to say this, but I feel like nobody is addressing the fact that regardless of what they do with Janoris Jenkins in the offseason, they need to keep applying draft capital to the secondary because if clearly. Oh, yeah. If, if Julian Love has not sniffed the field and Grant Haley is, is a disaster and I think correctly, Justin, you're pointing out that Ballantine is not the answer to to the slot problem. Antoine Bethea is not playing well. This team still has more holes in the secondary than I think we realized week one. So... I, I appreciate the the idea of you need an edge rusher. I appreciate the fact that they definitely do need they need at least another linebacker. But I have a hard time looking at a lot of this season, looking at the defensive performance, and saying if they had a, a legitimate slot corner, a guy who you were comfortable in their ability to guard the slot, DeAndre Baker has played really well. Jenkins has played really well. They would they'd be eh. okay. They would be okay in pass coverage. I'm not saying they'd be great, but they'd be okay. The real problem is they cannot cover the middle of the field, and they don't have the speed in the back end to keep up with Grant Haley falling behind every receiver he faces. So, I think because they spent so much capital on the secondary, we're ignoring how important. It is for them to continue to build the secondary. Baker so far has been excellent, in my opinion. I think he's been great. After those first two weeks, I think he really has settled in. Keep building on that. I think Peppers has been fine. There are places where he could improve, but he's been fine. Keep working on the secondary. Um, we're getting off the topic of, of Dallas, but 
Yeah, why, 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 why are we bringing up the offseason on a pregame show, David? Um, why are we doing I, that? I'm not really sure. I just kind of went there. Yeah, because you started coughing and then you had to move because of your dog and you yeah. just went there. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I want to transition to the offense and tell you that Golden Tate dressed up as Takashi 6'9 for Halloween. That's that's a tough look. Yeah, I don't know what he was. I don't know why he did that. That's that's tough. It's it's a it's a tough look. To Golden pull off. Golden Tate uh Golden Tate took over the Giants Instagram for like asking fans were asking him questions. It was it was weird. He's a, he's he strikes me as a weird dude. No, he like during interviews and stuff like that. I feel like he's like oh, normal normal guy and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I I'm creeped out by him just because of all the backstories of all the weird things that he's done and all the bad things that he's done. You know in an NFL locker room with like fighting Percy Harvin. He also has very um, like chilling eyes. I feel like if he looked right at you, similar to Randall Cobb, actually, if he looked like right at you, I feel like, I feel like internally something would like explode. Yeah. You. But uh, this is the first time uh, since training camp, since Sterling Shepard broke his thumb that you're going to have Engram, Barkley, Tate, uh, a healthy, Slate actually Slayton wasn't even healthy during training yeah. camp when Shepard broke his thumb. But so Slayton's a bonus com- when we when we think back to August. But all these guys are going to be on the field together. Plus you have Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback. So you know you were talking about in the offense towards the beginning that you know there's the expectation of you know this offense should be able to keep up with anybody in the league. That 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 expectation should be there. Um, but David, I mean, I, not to just harp on the same thing every single week, but until they do it, this is going to be the criticism. The team as a whole needs to get off to a fast start, but the offense also needs to get off to a fast start as well. And we're not just talking, you know, we we know the facts and we know the stat where early in the season, you know, they scored seven points during their first, what, four or five games of the season. Now they haven't had that since. Like during this four game losing skid, they haven't had that fast start where they're scoring seven points on their first drive. But even just looking past that first drive, you look at just the drives in the first quarter, threes and out, threes and outs, not crossing over the 50 yard line. It's it's just bad. And it's not putting your defense in the best position to win the game and to help you win the game early when your offense is giving the ball up so much and when they actually don't get going until the second quarter, until the second half. And by that, by then, you're playing catch-up. So, David, just to harp on the same point, basically since the last few weeks, since Golden Tate has been here, I feel like we need to get off to a fast start. Or just not a bad start. Yeah. We don't even need, need to get off to a, a fast start. It's just not a bad start. Well, that's also extremely important for Daniel Jones. From from just a rookie standpoint, getting off to a quick start, hitting yeah. a couple first downs. I thought um in Detroit, I I was really really excited to see on on the Giants first drive of the game, you know, Detroit drives pretty easily. And Janoris Jenkins gets the pick. I believe that was I believe the next the next that was the first drive of the game, correct? On the Giants' first possession of the game, they got to like a third and eight, and Daniel Jones hit a hit a really nice, crisp out route for a first down. They needed eight, they got nine. I thought that was a really, really big move because that's something the Giants have not done the last couple of weeks. To your point, the starts are so slow. Of course, I believe then later that drive was the fumble that ended up going for a touchdown, but 
I completely agree with you. And I think for Daniel Jones, it's so important to early on have some success. Make 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 the Cowboys defense adjust to the Giants offense, not the other way around. That's so much easier for a rookie quarterback. And, you know, not to say one guy's going to fix it. We found that out with Saquon. But I said last week during the game, Sterling Shepard is more missed on this team than I think anybody realizes. Because he's not going to make the flashy plays, but he's got good hands and he consistently finds himself open. And Daniel Jones targeted Sterling Shepard nine times in every game they played together. At least nine times. So... That's a really, really big deal. If Sterling Shepard can keep getting open, Daniel Jones tends to find him. So that can prolong drives, and that gets you, instead of a punt at midfield, that at least manages three points. And there's a big difference there, especially when the Giants' defense is a defense that, for large portions of games, can look great. And then for the other half of that, you know, for however much is left, really, really struggles. You need this team needs to be able to score 20, 25 points a game if they want to have a shot at winning. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's here, David. Wide receiver screens. This is what Pat Shermer did in Minnesota with Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and Cook, Dalvin Cook, and then McKinnon once Cook got hurt. Let's see some running back. I mean, I, I understand running back screens aren't. You know, I feel like even with Eli's quarterback, it wasn't great. And I and I still understand that, you know, running back screens don't really efficiently and effectively work. But let's not just run it during the first drive. Once the Golden Tate, it'll go for eight yards and then that's it. Screen plays are one of those plays that you can run. You know, if you have a favorable matchup on, on a defense, you know, run it a few times. Let's get those reverses. Let's get those sweeps going with Sterling Shepard again. Let's maybe get them going with Evan Ingram. Let's get Saquon Barkley running out of the backfield on passing routes, which we actually saw do him doing that in Detroit. David, did you see that? Like that was so cool. You see that with Alvin Kamara. You see that with Christian McCaffrey. How you know dynamic running backs are actually given routes to run out of the backfield that are going downfield. That isn't just a checkdown. Let's do more of that. All of these things that we couldn't do week one. Let's do it. You know, and and Saquon Barkley. We're still waiting for that one game where Saquon Barkley, you actually turn and you say Saquon Barkley ran the ball extremely, extremely, extremely well, and we won the football game, and that was a huge part of why we won. We're waiting. We're, we're waiting, and I understand you need to be patient. I understand they made a quarterback move, and the quarterback is still getting adjusted, and Daniel Jones really put together one of the best games of his season last week in Detroit, but... I'm getting antsy. I I, I want to see it. I want to see a a full football game. And until we can actually see something that's different from the New York football giants in terms of how we analyze and how we talk about them, we are inevitably going to be repeating the same thing. I think what you're what you're talking about, you're trying to stay you're trying to stay away from one of the one of the favorite football cliches. It's it's complimentary football. It's and and that's something that this team has not done for a long, long, long time. And they can. They have the tools you to do think. so. It's not like we're asking them with Andre Williams as their running back or, you know, Jonathan Hillman as their running back, not to throw Hillman under the bus, but it's not like we're asking them to do that with those running backs right. in the backfield. It's your generational player. Yeah, and, and also, 
you know, just so many, so many questions. And I think this is where Pat Shermer catches some heat. I'm just, I'm just saying from the general public, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's warranted, whatever. I'm not getting into that, but I think where he gets his criticism from is first couple weeks of the season, Evan Ingram is dominating. Evan Ingram has done a complete disappearing act and it's not just, um, I mean, well, I understand he had a touchdown last week, but it was wide open and it went for one yard. But if you're, if in, in the way I look at it, is if you're too hurt to to produce at the level that when you're going well you can produce at, you shouldn't play. You're you're just not there because Evan Ingram has been Evan Ingram has been effectively useless the last couple of weeks, and I'm very very high on Evan Ingram. He was my breakout player, and he 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 yeah. continues to be. Now here's my now here's my question for you, David. How many times? Have we heard after a season is done, oh, this after this guy got this injury, even though he came back, he wasn't fully healthy. And that's been Evan Ingram's right. entire career. That ha- Basically, I think maybe besides his rookie year where he was Eli Manning's dump-off machine in 2017, that story has been Evan Ingram's entire career where he gets hurt, he'll miss a few weeks, He'll come back. That injury will still be lingering. He doesn't perform. And then, you know, for the case of 2018, and maybe he'll have this in 2019 as well, he will hopefully get fully healthy, maybe hopefully after the bye week. The bye week is coming up for us soon. Then after the bye week, we'll see the same Evan Ingram that we saw early in the season. Now, this is unfortunate. And if this is if this is actually why Evan Ingram hasn't been performing well, because this knee injury is still lingering for him and he's you know wasting space out on that football field that bugs me a lot that bugs me a lot yeah because the guy when the guy's out there you expect him to be a weapon when when he's going well he's he's close to uncoverable he's just too fast he's too fast and he's too athletic and and he makes some fantastic plays and his ability with the the ability he has with the ball in his hands from that position is really unmatched. So it is frustrating to see him not be able to consistently contribute. And I don't know if maybe, maybe that's the kind of thing that Pat Shermer can draw up some looks to get him the ball where the injury is not as the injury doesn't affect him as much. If maybe we know he can't go down the field the way we like him to be able to, like you said, get him a quick little tight end screen, you know, get some, get some blockers. But here's the thing, David, we already know that his, speed like he 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 is fast he's not necessarily right. the quickest guy on the football field where he needs to get three four steps into his into you know him basically running for him to get at a very good speed so a screen wouldn't necessarily be the best thing since you're basically not moving when you catch the football this is why i'm saying that if he actually is hurt and he and it's going to be a little bit probably maybe until after the bye week and and this is and I'm not pulling this out of my ass. This has been Evan Ingram's NFL career so far. Oh yeah, any any Giants fan I think knows that. That pattern that I just described of getting hurt, missing a few games, coming back, still having that lingering injury and then hopefully finding it later in the season. Right. When games don't even matter by then anyway. Right. That's been his NFL career. His short NFL career so far. Yeah, and, so, and it is frustrating because if if he's going at, at full at full potential and full strength, he like I said, I think he he's really really tough 
for a defense to game plan against, especially when you look around and you've got all the weapons that are available. It's like Sterling Shepard said, like I opened up with on paper, they should be, they should be giving every defense fits. Um, I also just want to point out, you mentioned Saquon Barkley actually running a route downfield. I think that was great. And, you know, I don't, I don't remember if you're, are you talking about the wheel route or are you talking about the one where he was, came across the middle of the field? Because early on in the game, Daniel Jones had him on a wheel route and, and just missed him. And then later on, you're talking on about a wheel, game, a wheel route, oh, a wheel route game, that was going down the sideline. Yeah. All right. Then you, then later on in the game, he caught one that was in the middle of the field. Right. And, and if he didn't stumble, he was going to score. Oh yeah. Right. So yes. So I, I love that point, And I think that's really important also. And, and I, and we also saw on the Giants touchdown to Evan Ingram, the one yarder. Saquon, even if he's not running the ball at, you know, even if the, if the running game's not being efficient and effective, he, he is the defense's number one priority at all times. Use that. Get him go. Get him moving before the snap. Get get the line. Get linebackers and safeties watching him before the ball even gets snapped. Don't play action's great. Don't get me wrong, but get him moving around the field. Mess just mess with the defense a lot. Even if he's solely a decoy, and we can get into whether or not your second overall pick should be a decoy, but to win a football game, use everything at your disposal. And, and Dallas's defense is fast. They're fast and they're athletic, specifically yes. at linebacker. If you can get that speed going the wrong way, you're in great shape. You are consistently in great shape. You're going to keep your quarterback safe. You're going to keep the offensive line out of more difficult situations. And you've got guys who can make plays on the back end. You've got receivers who can make plays. We know that already. They've all shown ability to make plays. Just help out your quarterback a little bit. Get him another second. Move Saquon Barkley around. Move Sterling Shepard around. Confuse the defense. I, I watch what other offenses do to us, and I think to myself, there's no way that our offense can't do the same thing to other teams. There's no way. It's not just because we have a bad left tackle. There, there need to be other things we can do to do what other, other offenses get guys wide, wide open. That's not just Grant Haley is slow or is quick to react. That's James Betcher was out schemed. We should be able to do that with the weapons this team has. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. All right. Um, that's that's all that I got. I, I at this David, I'll be honest, at the six at like the sixteen, maybe twenty minute mark, I was like, I got nothing else to say. <laughs> and then we actually and then we actually made a little bit of an episode out of Look it. Look at us. Look at us. Um keep on bleeding blue. This is this is a special pregame show because it's being played Monday night. So you'll actually be able to hear this Saturday night, Sunday, all day, Monday morning commute, Monday evening commute. So you'll have all these opportunities to listen to the pregame show and uh get excited because uh Booger McFarland is a uh, on his way to East Rutherford, New and Jersey. Do your absolute best to avoid looking at his fingers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those fingers aren't nice, right? That's a it's a tough time. It's a tough look. Tough look. Tough look. All right, so uh, everybody, keep on bleeding blue. Go Giants. Go Giants. And David. Hey, hey, I got it that time. Uh, stay beautiful, everybody. I didn't want it to end there.
I was trying to turn up the volume. God damn it. All right, I guess we'll end it.